we go, the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. You know my voice by now, host, creator, producer of the Spiritual Spiral. Of course, you know the sound of my cat, Leo, who's, of course, walking into the studio. Hey, Leo. You know, I have to be honest, I don't ever know... I guess the show sort of takes on a diary, blog, a vocal blog for me. I, I get these thoughts in my head about our culture, about our society. I feel as though this podcast is trying to bring some humanity, some individualistic qualities back to our lives to get people to think about sort of what's happening in our culture. And I certainly don't have it all figured out, but I don't think it takes four years, six years of going to college to be a philosopher, to be a creative, to be a computer scientist, to figure out how technology is impacting us in such a profound way. So I created this podcast to try to add some perspective, be a voice to get people to think more clearly, think for themselves, think independently. And I guess I'm saying all this because I don't have a guest today, but I have been thinking about a lot of different topics over the last few days. Before I get to the focus of the show, though, I do want to say just a few random thoughts. I still notice on Instagram that you can count likes. I remember Instagram like two months ago in November talked about getting rid of that like feature or being able to to see the like count here in America. Well, that that has not shown up on my phone anywhere. I can still scroll and look at people's profiles and pictures, and I can still count the likes. So just as I sort of suspected, at least as of now, that was some big PR smokescreen because Instagram hasn't done anything here in America. Now, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But as far as I can see, you can still see likes. Number two, the Golden Globes were last night. 1917 won a couple awards. I just saw the movie a few days ago. I highly recommend it. Definitely go out and see 1917. It's an amazing war picture from Sam Mendes, who made American Beauty, Road to Perdition, Revolutionary Road, three of my favorite movies. And it was great to see that The Irishman, one of my worst, least favorite movies I've ever seen, and I'm not exaggerating, I think it's that bad. It was awesome to see that The Irishman didn't win any awards. And then Succession, which I just finished watching a few days ago, the second season, so happy that it won for Best Drama. And I actually want to start off by talking about a line that Brian Cox, the lead character in Succession, says, probably in season one. He says something around along the lines of, we're all playing a game. I, I just It's something I've been thinking about. I get the sense we're all playing a game. And I get the sense that whoever can play the game the best is going to become successful. And nowadays the game is social media and Instagram. Playing that game of being sexy, of being over the top, grabbing your attention in any way possible, that is all a game. And I was thinking, when did we as a culture become so entranced by actors, television? To me, actors, the best actors in the world, 
are the best game players. You know, when Tom Hanks won his award yesterday, like the Cecil B. DeMille Award yesterday, they showed all these clips of Castaway and Saving Private Ryan and The Burbs. I mean, the movie, oh yeah, Philadelphia. There was just one after the other. Most of them were all amazing movies. You get the sense that you actually know Tom Hanks. You know, you feel like he's your dad or he's your uncle. But you really have no clue who Tom Hanks is. You know who he is on film and on screen. And he seems like a nice guy. But I think Tom Hanks, and again, I don't know anything about Tom Hanks, but I think he is a master manipulator, a true game player. And I was thinking about Ellen DeGeneres. She won another award yesterday. She seems so likable on her show, and I love her stand-up. I think she's hysterical. But part of the reason why she is so successful and has made millions and millions of dollars and still has a daytime talk show that is doing exceedingly well is because when that camera turns on, she is a major game player. We've always looked up to actors from Chaplin and Brando from 50, 100 years ago. Whenever the first film was made, it feels as though we look to the screen for an escape from our ho-hum lives. You know, I'm sort of throwing a mass blanket over society, but... There's a reason why there's so much depression, anxiety, suicide. People aren't happy with their life. And life is really freaking hard. There's a reason why people go to therapy, take medication, go to the gym every day to try and improve their lives. We go to the movies and watch television to escape from our lives. But I think when you watch somebody on screen, when you watch somebody portray someone else, or when you see a movie, we, they transport us into their world. And, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, they were brilliant in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I just listened to them on the Mark Maron show. They sound so cordial and sweet and funny. Like you just want to hang out and drink beers and watch football and chill out. But Do we really know Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio or Ellen DeGeneres? Not really. We really don't know. And I think that aura surrounding television and film, it has seeped into our brains genetically and gone on from generation to generation. We have always been attracted or interested in the movie stars that we see on television. And it feels as though that attitude has transferred on to our cell phones and Instagram and YouTube. I mean, it's created a world where now everybody is a magical Svengali, where we're all trying to manipulate you. We're all trying to make you feel like we're a movie star. We all want to live that movie star lifestyle 
We all want to appear like we're happy, like we're smart, like we're sexy, we're attractive, we're confident that we eat at the best restaurants. We are all creating our own little movie or TV show. And I think the reason why we as a culture are so confused now and being tricked and manipulated and there's chaos and anxiety. We don't know what to believe anymore. You know, it's one thing if, you know, Ellen DeGeneres is not as nice as she seems on television, or it's, it's one thing if Tom Hanks isn't really as cool and collected as he seems in his movies or in Road to Perdition, but when our the our friends our peers are the people we see every day appear one way on Instagram but then they're different when you're around them there is a lot of confusion and i think our culture's obsession with movie stars looking up to movie stars and that lifestyle it's made people want to try and create that lifestyle on their own through Instagram. I don't know why we care so much about what movie stars think. I don't know why we place them up on such a high pedestal. I was even thinking about that last night, the very opening of Ricky Gervais's show, his monologue. He basically sarcastically tells the guests or the actors that are there at the show, you know, just come up here, say thanks, Give your thanks to your agent, your producer. We don't give a fuck what you think about politics or the world around us. And there was a scathing article that came out today in the LA Times saying how negative Ricky Gervais was. Here's a perfect platform where actors can come on up there and give their views on the fires in Australia or politics or Donald Trump. And I think to myself, why, why do we care? Why do we place such a high value on what Brad Pitt thinks about the fires in Australia. And to take this even a step further, I don't think anything could actually change out of an actor going up there and for 30 seconds saying, you should do this, or you should do this, or I'm thinking about this, or I'm thinking about that cause. In those 30 seconds, how many people are they really inspiring by talking about a particular cause? I don't know if it's really that great of a number. It's pretty self-serving in this weird sort of way when an actor goes up there and instead of thanking their agent or thanking a producer, they talk about some environmental cause. I think it, it makes them look good. And in a PR, on a PR perspective, it makes them look good. It serves their quote unquote brand. It makes them seem as though they're a sensitive philanthropist thinking about things that are bigger than they are. But I don't think any change can come out of their 30 second monologue about some particular cause in America or across the world. My last point here in this in this segment. I think people are relying too much on Instagram and like technology to share their views or their cause 
that they support. It's easy to go on Instagram and say, you should think about this or you should do that. But I don't think people are actually acting from those 30 second, 45 second video posts that they see on Instagram. It's all just sort of blurring into this sort of phantasmagoria where your brain doesn't know if it's real, if it's false, if I should click on that, if I shouldn't, should I support that cause or not? It's easy to just go onto Instagram and say, oh, you should, you should think about this, you should think about that. I don't think it's creating any change. I think the actual change comes in your day-to-day life, the people that you surround yourself with, the things that you read, the questions that you ask. In my experience, there's a greater chance that I'm going to think about something or change a part of my life if I'm in a room surrounded by people or we're talking about a particular cause or something that I should think about or something that I read on the New York Times. Something that I'm seeing on Instagram or YouTube or some award winner on the Golden Globes is telling me that I should think about this cause. That just doesn't do it for me. Now, maybe I'm different. Maybe, uh, maybe a lot of you out there get inspired by Instagram or you think about a cause because Patricia Arquette or Michelle Williams said something and that inspired you to change some uh, aspect of your life. But I think the vast majority of people and the reason why there isn't any change happening and the reason why it feels as though our culture just sort of keeps spinning down this never-ending path that isn't going to stop is because to actually create change, a cultural change, and one change that I actually suggest is not allowing people to use Instagram until the age of 16, not allowing kids to use a smartphone until the age of 14, Like if that change is going to happen, it's going to require more than just an actor going on social media. I think we're relying too much on technology, 30 seconds, 45 second clips on Instagram. I think we're relying too much on Instagram and tech for change. We think that we can create massive change through a social media platform. sort of in relation to that, a couple more points. One of my friends suggested I check out the Instagram page, Santa Monica Problems. Now, I've always had a connection to Santa Monica because I lived there for about 10 years. And I lived there when the earthquake in Northridge happened and Santa Monica was obliterated during the earthquake. I know the quake was in Northridge, But so many of those structures in Santa Monica clearly weren't built to code because all the parking structures, a lot of the buildings on 2nd Street, 3rd Street, 7th Street, the restaurants, they were all torn down because they were all, they all collapsed or the structures were obliterated. Santa Monica was really affected by the quake in the 90s. So I've always had a connection to the city. I loved living there. It's slowly lost its high quality of life. And I don't know if it's because of the train that is now able to access Santa Monica all the way from downtown. I mean, excuse the the analogy here, but there's been a downward spiral 
happening in Santa Monica. So one of my friends told me to check out Santa Monica Problems. But the way he told me to check it out, it was sort of, it wasn't to create change. It was, dude, you got to check out this page. It's freaking hysterical. And it's basically one video after the other of fights, drug use, homeless people defecating or urinating on city streets, people showing videos of homeless people or, or drug addicts getting arrested. It's exceedingly sad. And I can't help but think also when I talked about how I was in New York City, uh, when Calvin Corzine was on my show, I said something like, you know, everywhere I look, I see people staring at their phones everywhere they go. And I think it's kind of pathetic. People really aren't paying attention to one another anymore. They're just staring at their phones. And Calvin's response was something like, ah, I just think it's, you know, really funny. And yeah, I think it's kind of funny, but I think it's really sad. You know, the Santa Monica Problems Instagram page, is it going to create change? Or is it just turned into a page that people go to that they think it's just amusing and entertaining to watch people defecate or take a shit on the beach or people are just urinating all over the streets or people are shooting up in parks. Is anything going to change though? Can these platforms create cultural change? And I sadly don't know if it's possible. I was driving down the street the other day, just using this as an analogy, and I was at a stoplight, and I looked over to my right. There were four people in the car. There was a driver, a passenger, and then two in the back seat. All four of them, including the driver, were staring at their phone. We have a culture now that is so disconnected that cannot get behind a cause or an issue because everybody is staring at their phone, looking at Snapchat, Instagram, or people just want to, you know, work out. Everybody is so self-involved that they can't put their phone down and think about the issues around us. And I like the intent behind Santa Monica Problems, the Instagram page. I think it's important to bring these issues up, but I think we need to do far much more than just post videos of homeless people shooting up on city streets. I'm not a politician. I'm not a government agent. I have no idea what the answer is. I think these technological devices are creating more harm than good. They're too addictive. They're an easy fix. They're an easy outlet. We want everything to be easy now. We just want to post a video and get a reaction. We want, we expect or think that change can actually happen just by sharing a video. It's just not possible. It's not possible anymore. We are too far down the spiritual spiral as a culture to just expect change by an actor going on the Golden Globe stage and saying, you need to pay attention to this or somebody going on Instagram and posting a little video saying you need to check this out. You know, one other point here before I move on. I forget her name, which is hysterical. She's the model, Emrata, the beautiful Emily... Ratajkowski, that's her last name. So 
she posted this really sweet post, actually. I mean, she typically just posts these really hot, half-naked photos on her Instagram page, which is, which is great, which is, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But she posted a photo of her where she's 14 and her huge breasts are pretty revealed out of her bikini top. And she's 14 years old in the photo. And probably she's been accused of having plastic surgery in the past because she's exceedingly skinny, but her breasts are pretty large. So I'm going to read this post to you really fast. I used to like showing people this photo of me at 14 to prove that my body is natural. Now I'm a little sad. It exists at all. I was just a kid in this picture, and I wish the world had encouraged my 14-year-old self to be more than just my body. All of that said, I do still feel like I've been empowered through my body and my sexuality via modeling and platforms like Instagram. Luckily, I have discovered the parts of me that are so much more important than sexiness. But if you're a 14-year-old girl reading this, don't worry about any of that for now. Read lots of books and know that what you see on Instagram is just a very small fraction of complete and beautifully complex human beings. It's beautiful. I mean, I don't have anything negative to say about it. Her post, though, to my point of this show, of today's issue, it's just not enough. You know, who knows where somebody read that post? Were they at the post office? Were they on the toilet? Were they at the movies? In what state of mind was somebody when they read that post? We live in a world now too obsessed with looks and sex and how good-looking somebody is. And Emrata has made millions of dollars off of her body. And I think she probably sees the impact that Instagram is having on our culture. Everybody is obsessed with looks. And if there's anything that she can do to get the next generation of young girls to think less about their bodies and think more about reading and the people that they surround themselves with, I'm sure that's what is behind that post. Maybe it was just a PR move, a self-serving move. It certainly makes her look sensitive and compassionate. But the intention behind it is real. And it's quite uplifting and positive. But I'm sure the next 50 posts are going to be her trying to sell her bikini line and sell Calvin Klein and sell ZKNY. And they're all going to be promoted posts. And I'm not saying that with any sort of shame, but I'm saying it's going to take more than her one post to get our culture to shift their priorities because I just read in the New York Times today 16 people, teens, children, every single day, 16 people a day are committing suicide under the age of 18. The article just came out today in the New York Times. The article is called, Why Are Young Americans Killing Themselves? And of course, somewhere in the article, they say social media is having an impact. So if 16 people are killing themselves a day, kids, (laughs) we clearly have a problem. It's not going to get fixed unless we do some serious soul searching, some serious face-to-face thinking and talking 
and figure out how to handle these freaking phones that we have in our pockets every single day. I do believe it's because of social media and our cell phones that is causing 16 kids to kill themselves every single day. Last segment, you know how much I love Cal Newport. He wrote Digital Minimalism, Deep Work, two books that you have to go out and get. I'm going to play another clip. I feel like I could play clips from Ezra Klein's show with Cal Newport for like the rest of the year. So just just a little heads up. I have a new guest coming this week into the studio. I don't want to talk too much about it because he's on chemo right now. And his health can be a little unstable from day to day, but as of now, he is scheduled to come to uh, he is scheduled to come to the studio this week. So hopefully that podcast will happen and it'll go live next week. But for now, I just to end the show, I wanted to play this clip where Cal Newport is speaking to Ezra Klein about technology. Pardev, a lot of your social connections have moved to your texting people and your emailing people. And that seems particularly true among young people now. I mean, there's a huge amount of evidence that a tremendous amount of like teenage socializing has moved from in-person or even on the telephone to, to online and over text. And there's actually been a fall in a lot of in-person socializing that it becomes much harder, right? If you if you're if you pull back from these things and the alternative is loneliness. The alternative is that you feel left out. I mean, that's not going to work at all. Right. But we, we, we find there's been in uh, recent years these, these really high quality um, sort of epidemiological studies that are finding this sort of puzzling connection that increased social media use is creating increased loneliness, which seems to be the opposite effect that, that you would expect. And, and one of the, the big hypotheses for why this is true um, is that digital interaction so interaction that does not have an analog component like listening to someone's voice and the nuances of it or looking at someone's body language or actually making some sort of um, sacrifice, like I actually had to travel to come see you, that digital interaction... Thank not- you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I flew overnight to sit down next to you for this interview. Um, that this sort of digital interaction actually doesn't come close to giving the same rewards as uh, like what Sherry Turkill would call sort of real-world conversation. Um, and so this is why you can actually get more lonely as you spend more time doing digital interaction. It's not because the digital interaction itself is causing this negative effect. It's because it's crowding out the real world conversation, which is what our brain has evolved to actually crave. And our, our brain doesn't understand that that number, you know, or a little comment under a picture on the small glowing rectangle in your hand is another human being um, who, who's interacting with you and fulfilling your need for sociality. It doesn't understand that. Now, there's some part of your frontal cortex that thinks that counts. And so you do more and more of that and you do less and less of the real world and it leaves you worse off. And so um, that's why it is scary, of course, to step away from that digital interaction. But we need to do that anyways because it's not working. It's not a substitute. It's it's a sort of arbitrary activity that again was cooked up by twenty somethings in some you know incubator rec room over in Northern California. It's it's you can't take uh, millions of years of evolution and replace it with this new novel activity and expect it's going to work. And so not not to go on a bit of a a tangent, um, but I think that's that scariness is good um, because then once you've removed this and you're scared and I'm interacting, maybe that's going to force you to say, well, let me try to reestablish in its wake a sort of more old-fashioned real-world conversation-based sociality that'll actually give me the nutrients that I need for human flourishing. Powerful stuff. Really powerful stuff. 
I think Cal sums up a lot of what this show is about and what I'm trying to capture here. I'm trying to make sense of it all and navigate the world of technology while also being creative. This idea of do I have to be using something because everybody else is using it trying to find, and I think also part of it also is being a yoga teacher. And I really think as a yoga teacher, one of my goals is to help people feel more relaxed, become more connected with quiet time, softness, relaxation, connecting with their true selves. As I said in my last podcast, I think we are inundated with Nonstop stimulation. A lot of it isn't even true. But our brain doesn't know the difference. You go to the movies and watch a violent film for two hours. Your brain is affected by all the blood and the guts and the violence. The same thing happens in our day-to-day lives. If you went to Santa Monica Problems and looked at that Instagram page for two hours, you would be exhausted. You would be depressed. Now, would it be enough to get you to want to inspire change? Or is it going to create a frame of mind where you just don't want to look at it again and you don't want to know about it? In relation to Cal, the reason why I think kids are so depressed now and killing themselves is because instead of having these face-to-face conversations, instead of sharing experiences together where people are face-to-face a camaraderie happening. None of that is going on. It's all happening online. And it's not enough to sustain happiness. And it's not enough to satisfy human beings' compulsion and desire for love and connection. So yeah, that's today's show. Again, I appreciate you taking the time to listen, being a part of the show. You can support the show directly at my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. You know what else is really helpful? Sharing the show with your friends, telling people about it. It's a huge help. Heading over to iTunes and writing a review saying how cool the show is, that really helps. Hey, if you're in LA, you want to take a yoga class with me, you can message me on Instagram at Eddie Cohn. You could also message me on Instagram and just say hello, tell me what you like or don't like about the show. And that's it. As always, thank you so much for listening and being part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast.